In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Cannot believe it's already the end of the year. This is insane. Yeah. So on this show, a review of Allure of the Seas. Also answering some listener questions about group shore excursions. I didn't realize that if you book more shore excursions, it's actually cheaper. So we'll speak to the folks over at CruisingExcursions.com to answer your shore excursion questions. All right. Sherry Kennedy has cruise news. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. So we briefly talked about it last week, but another ship for Carnival Cruise Line and one leave-in. What do you have on this, Sherry? Yeah, Carnival just announced that they will build a third Vista-class ship said to come on the market late in 2019. And this comes after sister cruise line P&O from Australia scrapped their plans for a new build because apparently the Australian market hasn't boomed as much as they anticipated. So that's why Carnival will get this new Vista-class ship making it number three following Vista this year, Horizon in 18, and then this third one will come online in 19. Um, as of right now, the name, of course, a home port and an itinerary has not been released. And Splendor leaving? They are also going to lose a ship. Well, they'll probably find <laughs> they'll probably find it and guess where they'll find it, right? That's gonna go to PO Cruises in Australia. So just like you said, they're gonna lose the ship. The Splendor is leaving in twenty nineteen and she'll be uh, cruising the southern hemisphere. Well which should be interesting. We got a better deal than P&O because they're losing a new build and gaining an old ship. We are just gaining a new ship and losing an old ship. I know. I was just thinking that as you were, as you were saying that. They're going to get uh, the ship with the pink donuts all over the place. <laughs> that decor on Splendor is hideous. It was interesting. I couldn't understand it. I, I just couldn't. It was, it was interesting. Pink donuts is what they looked like. <laughs> Moving on here, Norwegian Cruise Line has a reduced deposit sale. We don't really see this from Norwegian that much. They don't, they don't do that very often. And, and the way the deal is working is that from now, today, and, until midnight on New Year's Eve, so you better act fast. You can book a stateroom on almost every Norwegian cruise for the mere deposit of $50 per person. So it's not per stateroom, it's per person. And Norwegian has just announced their itineraries for into 2019. So if you want to go, this is a great time to get that deposit of only $50 per person uh, paid and just know that you're going somewhere in a few years. And a little bit of a footnote, this offer is only available for guests who reserve mini suites and lower so that would eliminate the Haven guests, the big ticket suites that are, you know, in their little secluded area. They can't take advantage of it. And also, interestingly enough, the Norwegian sky cruises to Cuba are not eligible for this reduced deposit. But solo passengers who pay the full supplement are eligible. Uh, and you were just talking about Cuba. Norwegian just opened sailings for Cuba. Norwegian did it, as we, we mentioned briefly, I think maybe a week or two ago. It's the Norwegian Sky, which will be the largest ship sailing from the U.S. to Cuba, and reservations are being taken. The prices are the least expensive of all the other cruise lines that are heading to Cuba because it really runs the gamut from very pricey with Oceana down to Norwegian Sky. And there will be four-day cruises to Cuba 
beginning in May, and the prices are set to begin at $6.99 per person. But again, don't wait too long to book because there's only five cruises to Cuba planned for May of 2017. And those dates, real quick, are May 1, 8, 15, 22, and 29. Uh, and as always on the Norwegian Sky, an open bar is included. I was going to ask you about that. I was also going to ask you, so it looks like they're only spending one day in Cuba. Is this still part of the people-to-people program? Yeah, they still have to follow the gov- our government's regulations. And it has to be uh, cultural, uh, artistic, uh, people-to-people is a good way to put it, program. So you can't really just, you cannot run off on your own and head to the beach or head somewhere else. You really have to stay within your assigned um, scheduled itinerary for the shore excursions. Not bad for a six ninety nine starting price for Cuba. Uh, Carnival Cruise Line back in your own backyard down in Central Florida. I'm so excited! What a nice ship. Yeah, she's uh, Port Canaveral welcome Carnival Liberty back to the Space Coast. She was over at Galveston, Texas, for a while, and in this ship swap, the sister ship Carnival Valor left Port Canaveral, so we all waved goodbye, and is uh, took the place in Galveston, Texas. Um, we see that happening a lot, but you know we like the Liberty here. She's been here for a while. Remember, me and you did an interview on Liberty back in May of 2014 when at, at Port Canaveral. Do you remember that? No. You don't? <laughs> Get out. You were on board with me. I know. Oh, I, is that the one where um, it turned out that your friend, the cruise director, was the nephew of my friend from yeah. grammar school? Yeah, remember that? <laughs> Crazy. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, small world. Uh, so moving on here, uh, what do we have here? I guess last but not least, we have MSC Seaside counting down the days, or should I say months, until she gets to Miami. Yeah, there's 12 of them because this week marks the beginning of a one-year countdown until MSC Seaside arrives in Port Miami. And to celebrate, here we go with more deals again at the end of the year, <laughs> MSC Cruises has their inaugural deal going on now. So if you book from now until March 31st of 2017, you, you will get onboard credits, you will get free Wi-Fi, and depending on your stateroom category, you may also get free mealtime drinks. There's, here we go, reduced deposit of 49 per person, Whoa. so they're undercutting NCL by $1. <laughs> and as on all MSC ships, kids 11 and under do sail for free, and it's got to be an Italian family thing. I like how every cruise line has to celebrate with a $50 deposit. We have a new selection of bread on board, so we're going to celebrate with a $50 deposit. That's right. <laughs> oh, we're going to Antarctica. And yeah. Just, you know. All right, Sherry Kennedy, CruiseMaven.com. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Good talking to you. Thanks, Doug. Same to you. Merry Christmas and happy holidays and happy new year. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. 
For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at cruiseradio.net. So according to a report recently put out by Google, one of the top travel trend searches for 2016 has been group tours. So we're going to answer some of your group tour questions today on the show. We have Sheila. She's one of the group specialists at CruisingExcursions.com. Hi, Sheila. Hi, Doug. Nice to be with you. Good to be with you as well. I'm going to jump right to these questions because we have seven of them. It says, we are having a family cruise next year. There are 18 of us. Is it possible to get a group discount on our cruise excursions? Lovely. Um, when you're looking at a family of around 18, you may be better to do private tours. They may work out to be better value than doing the shared tours. It's something that we would look at for you and come up with the best options. If you do do private tours, it also gives you the flexibility that you don't get from shared tours which is really good if you've got different ages traveling together. You mentioned shared tours and private tours. So if we were on a private tour, then obviously we would not be separated. We'd all be together on the same bus or motor, co- motor coach, etc. correct? That's correct. We'd all be together. It'd be a vehicle just for your group. Cool. So then you've got, um, you can use the time as you wish to use it. Simple enough. Next question. We are cruising as a group on the Norwegian Epic in 2017, visiting Naples. What would you recommend for us to do? Oh, it's a beautiful part of Italy. It's somewhere I've been myself and I I love very, very much. Um, Lots to do there. I mean, Pompeii is probably one of the most popular things to do. Um, There's also Herculaneum, Vesuvius. Personally, I love the Amalfi Drive. The views are just spectacular over the Bay of Naples. And you can always finish your day with um, up in Sorrento with a, a glass of limoncello and pizza, which it's really famous for. Just don't have too much limoncello because you have to make this ship at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I love Naples and the pizza and the wine over there. Number three, how can we book a group shore excursion? We've got a dedicated groups team here. Um, and our aim is to take the stress out of booking the group. So you can call us, you can email us, um, and we will look after you all the way through. And the website is cruisingexcursions.com. Uh, the next question here I can relate to. What advantages are there of booking a group of shore excursions instead of everyone buying their own tickets separately? I don't like being responsible for everybody's money. That's fine. Um, you can get the best deals by booking as a group. We can often offer the group leaders free places, um, discounts, etc. Um, and we can take individual payments. We do it all the time. So you don't have to worry about any, being responsible for anybody else's money. Just your own. So everybody in the group could pay cruising excursions separately? They can. We mm-hmm. keep a log. So the, we, we ask the group leader to send us the names of the group. And then as they call in, we keep a group log of the payments so they don't even have to worry about that. Next question says, what arrangements are made to ensure we are all together during our cruise excursion? When you book as a group, you'll have your own transport, your own guides, so you're guaranteed to be together. 
All right. Simple enough. Short answer. Short and sweet. I love it. Next question here says, I'm a home-based travel agent in Georgia and book a lot of group cruises, family reunions, church groups, etc. Does cruising excursions accept new agents? Absolutely. Um, we just need a few details. So we'll need things like the, the agency name and address. It literally takes a few minutes to to sign up. You can give us a call, email us, and we can get you signed up. If it's a first booking or if you need us any time, our office is a man 24 hours a day, so there's always somebody here to support you. So I'm curious, what is the most obscure shore excursion you've ever arranged for someone? I'm not sure about obscure because we can do most things. Um, the most enjoyable that I've ever done, uh, we did a, a group last year for a college reunion group, a mm-hmm. um, group of lovely ladies. They did the tours with us, and then on the last day, they did a, a cruise party. Mm-hmm. So we um, booked a taverna in Athens for them with the traditional Greek menus, entertainment, uh, music, and they just had an absolutely wonderful time. This question may sound stupid, but I, if you want to book a group shore excursion, is this something that should be done in advance like regular cruising excursions are? Absolutely. Really important because there's so many of you. You want to guarantee that you've got your places, um, that you're all going to be together on a, on a group. Um, the earlier you book it, the better because availability can be really tight you know, for vehicles and for guides. I can see that, like going to Rome or to Pompeii in Naples, they probably do sell out pretty quick. They do, absolutely. They say the earlier you book it, the better. You can book for just a deposit outside of 10 weeks. Um, so it's, it's very simple, very easy to do. We've been talking with Sheila over at CruisingExcursions.com to check out group tours and regular tours and cruising excursions. Be sure to check them out, CruisingExcursions.com. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Sheila. And you, Doug. Have a question for the experts, or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. Ben just returned from a seven-night Western Caribbean sailing aboard Royal Caribbean's Allure of the Seas round trip out of Port Everglades. He hit Labadee, Falmouth, and Cozumel, Mexico. What's up, Ben? Hey, what's going on, Doug? Not much, man. Uh, So this is a cool sailing. Seven nights, Western Caribbean. Uh, Before we get to the ship itself, which is a very cool ship, let's take a step back. Uh, What made you want to take this seven-night sailing? Well, last year I took a short two-night cruise on Allure, and I got just a small taste. Absolutely loved it. And then about two months ago, my dad sent me a text message, said he had the fever. He wanted to go on a cruise. So I said, you know what? I know the perfect ship for our little family getaway. Very cool. So Allure of the Seas it was. You make your way from Cincinnati down to Port Everglades. Of course, Terminal 18, one of the fastest and most efficient cruise terminals in the world. How was embarkation for you down there? Embarkation wasn't too bad. They were going through an enhanced cleaning, so everything was slightly delayed. So boarding didn't start until about 12.30, but the process of check-in went really smooth, really quick. From curb to ship, how long did it take? That was probably maybe an hour and 20 minutes. And that was because of the cleaning? Because of the cleaning. Yeah, gotcha. All right, so you make your way on board the ship. What were your first impressions this go-around? It's the same as last time. You know, you walk into that Royal Promenade and it's just like, wow. Yeah. I mean, the ship is just so incredible. I think the Oasis class, no other ships can even compare. I mean, just the size and the everything that, that it offers. Do you have any embarkation day traditions that you do? Um, Not really. I just kind of like to just take it as it comes. You know, every ship's different. 
So I just like to, you know, if I see something on a ship, I, hey, let's do that. Let's do, you know, just kind of keep it open. Very cool. So uh, you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have and what did you think of it? We had a uh, boardwalk balcony. Our balcony overlooked the boardwalk area on the ship. And it was really great because you can sit out on your balcony and you can, you know, watch everything that's going on. You also got a view of the Aqua show at night. So if you want to watch that, they showed movies out there at night, which was really good. It did have some drawbacks because obviously your balcony is facing another balcony. So you don't have that privacy of an ocean view. And also at night, they tend to play some movies a little late. And so if you're a light sleeper like me, it might keep you up. Now, my parents right next door, they didn't hear it. So it really doesn't affect everyone. But really enjoyed the the room, though. Now, you went through like a series of upgrades, didn't you? Because like you didn't originally book this boardwalk balcony, right? Well, I did, but. I kept checking and Royal Caribbean kept offering different sales. Okay. You know, they different discounts. So I ended up paying about $500 less than I originally booked for. And I got $100 in onboard credit. So it worked out really well. Whenever they, uh, you notice those price drops, did they actually refund your credit card or was it all onboard credit? They refund your credit card. Oh, very Everyone, cool. we had three cabins in our group and everyone got refunds. So even after final payment, I did some switching around, which really surprised me. But hey, I wasn't going to complain. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. As far as your stateroom goes, you mentioned that it was a little loud out there. How about like the inside space uh, for the luggage, the bathroom size, all of that? Love the showers on that ship. They have the nice glass door. They're larger than normal. You know, the room was pretty standard. There was three outlets on the desk, which was nice. And one thing they just started the week before our sailing was all boardwalk cabins now get the free soda package. So you not only got the sticker on your card, but you also got the mug with that has the chip in it for the freestyle Coke machines, and that's all included. So that's a nice little bonus. Are those chips only valid per sailing? Like if you were to bring that cup back, could you still use that the next sailing? I don't think so, but I've also never tried it, so I don't know. Yeah, I was wondering that. It would um, be interesting, though, if someone actually tried it to see. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Let's talk about dining. Of course, this ship has almost two dozen dining venues on it. And we'll start at the top at the Windjammer Buffet and work our way down. So what did you think of the buffet area? The buffet area was good. It has a nice flow. works pretty well. There was really no ever a line. Mm-hmm. So you were able to you know get in, get your food, get something to eat. And uh, I thought the hours were a little short. They weren't open as long as buffets and other ships. But there's so many places to eat on the ship that it really wasn't a big deal. How was the main dining room experience for you? Uh, main dining room was great. We had early dining, and we actually ate in the main dining room every single night. The service was abs- Our waiter was just tremendous. Food was good. I didn't eat in any specialty restaurants. I did order the filet mignon from the Chops Grill one mm. night for the s- small surcharge they have. That was really good. I know your wife has uh, gluten allergies. Were they able to accommodate her 100%? Oh, yes. They went above and beyond. They really helped out. The head waiter would come over every every day, take her order for the next night Mm. so they can prepare it. We can't say enough good things about what they did. How about other areas to eat around the ship? You said you didn't do any specialty venues, but of course, like Sorrento's or Park Cafe or any place like that. I did hit up Sorrento several times for a piece of pizza here and there. And there's Park Cafe, there's Johnny Rockets, which is also, you also get a free meal there now with the boardwalk balconies, which is nice. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think, there's so many, there's just, I mean, even in Central Park, there's four or five different restaurants. Wherever you go, there's food offered. It's awesome. A couple of food questions I have about this ship, and you may or may not know the answer to this. Did they add Wonderland on this? They did not add Wonderland. Okay. And also, 
Did they have dynamic dining on this ship at one time? The ship is actually set up for dynamic dining because, mm-hmm. like, the main dining room, which was used to be a Daggio, mm-hmm. is now the American Icon on one floor. Second floor is Grande. Third floor is Silk. Mm-hmm. Even though now they all, it's all technically one restaurant, each floor is themed different, but the food's the same. Like, if you were in Silk, which kind of seems Asian to me, or American Icon, which kind of seems classic food, um, you'd have the same menu on all three levels? Same menu. American Icon, I think, was set for the anytime dining, mm-hmm. and then Grande and Silk are set up for those who have you know, traditional dining, 6 o'clock and 8 o'clock. This ship also offers a ton of entertainment. What did you think of it? Oh, the entertainment was just, it was phenomenal. It was incredible. We went and saw the ice games. There's an ice skating rink on the ship. They put on this Monopoly-themed ice skating show. It's a lot of fun. And they also did a uh, How to Train Your Dragon ice show. That was a blast. And they had um, Ocean Aria, the aqua theater in the aft of the ship, where they have like this diving show and acrobats and lights and music and super cool. Then they also had, for entertainment, they had um, Greg London, who won Vegas Entertainer of the Year on board. Mm-hmm. He does impressions. He does, you know, um, did some Johnny Cash, Rod Stewart, that kind of thing. And then for comedy, they had uh, Troy Thirdgill, who I've seen before on Regal Princess. He's still hilarious, and we really enjoyed watching him. Did you catch any Broadway shows? No, I didn't. They yeah. offer the full version of Mamma Mia, but at two and a half hours, it's yeah. just too long for me. I have 80, you know, I like shows 45, 50 minutes. And so I passed on the longer shows. Yeah, I, I can relate on that. How about any kind of action happening along the promenade at nighttime? Oh, yeah. At night, uh, one thing I loved was Central Park. If you want like a relaxing time, they always had someone playing them either the piano or guitar. And you can go and sit surrounded by trees and just listen to music and just, you know, especially after you have a busy day in port. Kind of gives you a nice time just to kind of sit back, relax, and just enjoy the evening. And the promenade always had something going on, whether it's from the DreamWorks Parade, which was a lot of fun, to sometimes they had live music up overlooking it and people were dancing. They had dance classes. There is always like 15 things going on at a time on the ship. Central Park amazes me with they have like 12,000 plants in there and two full-time gardeners that sail with the ship year-round to maintain it. It, it, it just blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, we were walking through it, and it's like you have no idea you're on a ship. Yeah. Especially like the outdoor dining. It just looks – I didn't get a chance to eat out there. But it looks like a great place when you're at like the Italian Red Giovanni's table to sit out out there at night, have a nice meal because you can't have any experience like that anywhere else on any other cruise ships besides the Oasis class. This was a seven-night sailing, so you did have some sea days. Uh, how did the ship behave and handle itself during sea as far as passenger flow? I thought the passenger flow worked really well. The only time the ship seemed crowded was right after like a show got out, which is you know understandable. But besides that, I mean, with 6,300 passengers, you would never know it. The ship was just so huge. Everything flowed really easily. I mean, elevators seem to be pretty quick. So you can get around the ship really easily. And the, and the ship is so large, it hardly moves. One day we were at sea and you could kind of see like a lot of white caps in the water, but the ship wasn't moving at all. So the ship really handles well. When Oasis of the Seas came over from Northern Europe in 2009, it had 40 foot seas. I bet they could feel it move then. <laughs> yeah, 40 foot seas is one thing. We didn't have anything close to that. But yeah. It, it was probably the smoothest ship I've ever been on. We were on Allure in a tropical storm a few years ago. And you're right, though. It did, it did handle, although you could feel moving. Yeah, we were in a tropical storm, but 
it, it actually handled itself pretty well. Uh, moving on to the ports here, you went to Labadee, which is a private island, Falmouth, and Cozumel. Correction, it's not really a private island. I guess it's a private peninsula on the coast of Haiti there. Which one was your favorite stop? Probably Cozumel. And I enjoyed Labadee. But I think 6,000 passengers is too much mm-hmm. for the island to handle. I would love to go back on like a smaller ship, like two, 3,000 passengers. And I think the experience would be like 100 times better. Yeah. Because it's a beautiful island, a lot of beaches, a lot of loungers, and there's a lot of great places. You're going to be surrounded by palm trees and just, you know, just lay out in the sun. It's like perfect. But with 6,000 passengers, the food lines were a little longer. You know, they were kind of a pain and there was just a ton of people. But in Cozumel, we went over to Chinkanab and just, I love going there if I just want a relaxing day and just kind of chill there underneath some uh, loungers under like a little tiki hut and just relax on the beach that day. Falmouth always gets mixed reviews. Um, what'd you think of that, that destination in Jamaica? It was interesting. We did the historic trolley tour. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes you around town, takes you, you stop at a few historic spots and they give, kind of give you a lot of history of the area, which I like when going to an area. I, I want to learn something about where I'm going to instead of just, you know, getting off and just vegging out on a beach for eight hours. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was good. It was interesting. Um, we didn't do any of the tours because most of them were in Ocho Rios, and I didn't want to take a, an hour bus ride there and back. But the port, the shopping area is pretty nice. So uh, you make your way back to Port Everglades. How was the disembarkation process? This embarkation wasn't too bad. It took us probably around 30 to 40 minutes from the time we, they scanned our cards to getting to the curb. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of understood with 6,000 passengers trying to disembark. Did you do self-assist or um, uh, check your bag? Oh, self-assist. Yeah. So that's pretty much what I always do. That way I can get off whenever I want to. Yeah. Do you have any first-time tips for people sailing uh, Allure of the Seas? Uh, yeah, I would say the, probably the biggest thing would be um, the show's. Book reservations in advance. Mm-hmm. It's got to be the biggest thing. You, you don't necessarily need reservations, but if you don't have reservations, you can't get a seat until five or 10 minutes before the show starts. So you're not going to get a very good seat or it might even be full. So go ahead make your reservations. So that way you have, you know, you can get your seats and go to Central Park. Spend time there. Just, you know, it's really incredible. Well, looking back over your seven night sailing, what was the biggest highlight for you? I think the biggest highlight, it was just, we had a great week spending it with my, uh, parents, my uncle. It was just great family time. I actually didn't do any work that week, which was really amazing. And so it was really an incredible vacation. Your final thoughts of Allure of the Seas. If you're not sure if a big ship is right for you, I would go ahead and try it because I think you'll really be amazed at what the ship offers and how incredible the, just the cruise experience is and how unique it is. We've been talking with Ben Souza from CruiseFever.net. If you want to catch his video tour of Allure of the Seas or any of his coverage from when he was sailing, be sure to check out CruiseFever.net. We'll also link to it in the show notes at CruiseRadio.net. Ben, uh, thanks for being here as always and good talking to you. Thanks again for having me on, Doug. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. 
How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.